0: Welcome to another episode of F That, Breaking the Rules of Online Business, the podcast for people who are ready to question the status quo of online business and market their business however the F they want to. I'm your host, Deanna Seymour, graphic designer and content marketing strategist who loves helping you get your amazing ideas out into the world with fun and engaging content. Let me ask you this Do you hate launching? I do. (laughs) At least I did before we recorded this episode you're about to listen to. The truth is, I don't really launch very much stuff in my business very often because I thought I hated it. (laughs) I was following a formula from, mm, you guessed it, a celebrity entrepreneur from a course I bought right when I started and it just didn't feel good for me. So I was just like, this sucks. I'm not doing it. Then I met Jackie and she was talking about doing launches your own way. And I was like, huh, okay, I have to have her on my podcast so we can talk about this. So today I'm talking with Jackie Hayes to see if she can change my mind about launches. Spoiler alert, she does. (laughs) Jackie Hayes is a certified online business manager who partners with coaches to launch and run their group programs through hustle-free launch planning and management. Sounds so much better than like gross launching, right? I know. She's also the host of the podcast, Here's What I Learned, where she and her guests chat about what they are learning about running an online business. When Jackie isn't helping others launch their programs, you can find her reading, walking her dog, or enjoying all things Marvel. All right, let's get into it. Hey, Jackie. Good morning, Deanna. How's it going? Okay, going great. I'm uh, kicking off my day with you. I know. We're both. I mean, so, well, no, that's a lie. I already have been to Running Club with my daughter Which is like a begrudgingly thing I do because I'm like, yeah, okay, physical activity is important and you want to go. Let's go earn your foot charm. So I've been to running club, but I'm back in my comfy pants and officially starting my day with you. So (laughs) shaking off running club. But speaking of things I don't like, like running club, (laughs) perfect segue into talking about launching. So you're here today to talk about launching, but. Before we got on, I was like, okay, I hate launching. So if you hate launching, you need to keep listening. Um, because Jackie is gonna maybe change our minds, maybe, right? I'll try. I'll try. Okay. No pressure, no pressure. No pressure um, whatsoever. <laughs> okay, well, the first thing I wanna know, I was like, Do you like launching? I what's actually on, do what's I do like launching.
1: Okay.
0: Yes, you do like launching. Okay. And also, what is your definition of launching? Like, I feel like I only know one way of launching. And as I was getting ready for this interview, I was thinking, okay, what is launching to me? And it's like, I learned it from a celebrity guru in a course that I sort of talk smack about now. Um, And that has really been my only, like, in my mind, that's what launching is. And I don't like that. So I could also be speaking out of turn when I say I don't like launching, because it's probably not the only way to do things. So You tell me what, what is launching? What does that mean?
1: My definition of launching is making your offer or your product or your service available for people to purchase or download. If it's like a free offering, that's it. Making something available for your people, which requires that you tell them about that, you know, (laughs) and it uh, requires that you create something, but I think people make launching something huge and spectacular and, a massive and really it's just making something available for people to purchase from you.
0: Okay. Already feels less daunting. (laughs) Like, okay, I do that. I'm like, okay, I do that. Um, But does launching mean that it's cart open, cart close?
1: You can do that. You can have an evergreen offer. There's different ways of running it depending on if you have a cart open, cart closed. if you have an evergreen offer and you can, if even if you have an evergreen offer, you can do live launches. So it's, it's like throwing a party. I got that from uh, Tavana De- Denise, who does launch therapy. So it's after <laughs> launching and it didn't go well. She'll do coaching for you. Um, and she points out it's really just throwing a party. And some people like to throw huge, elaborate, like ball level parties. And some people, like myself, like to throw small dinner parties for th- maybe three or four people. Mm-hmm. occasionally I'll do like a big huge party where everybody can then bring their spouse and so big and huge means 12 people to me <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but Launching is throwing a party for, for your people and, and talking with them and showing them this great thing that you have that's going to help them in some way. And you can make it as big as you want to or as small as you want to. You can throw in fun party games that you enjoy doing and everybody's party games are different. Or you can just have, you know, intimate conversations with people.
0: What okay. All right. You're doing good. You're doing good. Just so you know. I'm like, all right, a party. I can get on board with a party. Um Okay, so it's a party. And I'm also hearing, which I love, and also why you're on here today. But I'm hearing also that like, it can look different for everyone, which is also like, I've just realized, and of course, in that course, it was like, here's how you launch. And I was like, ew, that doesn't feel good to me. So then I was just like, I don't like launching. But what I'm hearing you say is you get to decide kind of what, how we can do it. So with that being said, What do you kind of think are maybe some things you should definitely like, you know, no one's gonna, everyone's gonna be mad at you if you throw a party and there's like no food, like food is probably a must have at a party. So like, what are the things you kind of have to have, but you, I'm sure you probably think that we have creative control within these things. But like, what do we need to launch? And I I can put need in quotes if you want me to, but like, you know, what are the basics?
1: Well, and even you brought up there, like if you throw a party and there's no food. Well, there's so many different ways to have food. One of which is to have everybody bring their own dish, mm-hmm. which alleviates, you know, some of the pressure off of the hostess. So your launch does need a few things. First off, you need to have something that you're offering to people and you need to be pretty clear on what that is so that you can communicate that with, with people. Now, you can start talking about your offer before you're offer is completely developed, you can start doing some behind the scenes. Uh, this is you know, what I'm thinking of doing. This is what I'm doing. Here's some screenshots of something. So you can start talking about it pretty early and you're getting feedback along the way when people start acting excited or asking questions and you can use that to continue developing your offer. So you need to have your offer and be clear on what that is. You need to know who you're serving with that offer and be pretty specific about that you need to know how you're going to deliver that offer to them, how much you're going to charge them, and when that offer is going to be available to them. Like is it an evergreen thing? Is it something that you're going to offer for 6 months with a cart open, cart closed, and it's the first time it's going to be available is January 1st. So there's some details that you do need to have in order to run a launch, but that's really, you know, kind of it. And then mm-hmm. and then you go from there.
0: Yeah. Well, and I was just realizing too, I guess you could have a party without food. Like really. Yeah. I mean I know I use that analogy, but as you were talking They're not like, nearly as much fun, but you can. <laughs> yeah. Like who knows? Maybe your yep. party is like pool party drinks only. I don't know. Exactly. Whatever. Yep. But um, okay. Okay. So already I think too, like all those things you said don't like are a little bit hard. Like you just have to like commit to like you have to commit to something, I guess, mm-hmm. in order to launch it, which is maybe why why do you think people don't like launching? Like we made a joke before we um started hitting record. How many, what percentage? Because I, I was, it was I, like 90% of people hate launching has been my experience. Yes. <laughs> so why do you think people hate launching?
1: I think one of the number one reasons people hate launching is because they're launching in ways that are not aligned with who they are and what their values are. They are following somebody else's template. Somebody else said, this is how it's supposed to be done. This is You know, best business practices. So that is how they're running their launch. And it doesn't feel good. And they feel overwhelmed and burnt out at the end. Because not only are you following somebody else's plan, but you're probably following somebody's plan who is a little bit higher up in the years of experience in their business. They probably have a larger team, a larger budget. And you're trying to run a launch for your first time, your second time, based on somebody who is a seven figure coach who's been doing it for 20 years. Mm -hmm. So, and, and, using their template, which may have elements that do align and feel good. But you're trying to do all of the elements and some of them don't feel good and you're pushing through it. And we all know when you push through something, it doesn't feel good and you don't want to do it again. And then you carry that baggage, I guess you could say launch baggage with you. And you're like, I never want to do that again. And you blame launches as a whole instead of particular elements of the launch that you just ran.
0: Yes. Isn't it funny how like our brains know that these people have teams and like lots of money and ad money and like our brains know that, but for some reason we're like, yeah, okay. But also I'm going to do it too. Like I've done it. I've done it and been like, I know they have a team, but also I'm still going to do this many posts a week or whatever. And it's so getting real with yourself about mm-hmm. your capacity and what that launch can look like. Yeah. Um. Could you maybe like describe a more low-key launch, like what you feel like a launch could look like for someone who's maybe like a solopreneur and not trying to work 100 hours a week? Yeah, sure. And it really, again, depends on your personality
1: style, like how you like to throw a party. First off, everything is so much better when you just keep it simple. mm mm-hmm. Don't try and add a bunch of bells and whistles unless you really love bells and whistles. And in that case, go ahead and add all the bling to your launch that you want to do. <laughs> but you have to stop and ask yourself, like, what is the way that I best connect to my people and the, pers- the the people I'm trying to serve with this offer? And if that is low-key, intimate conversations, then open up your calendar for some Voxer chats and um, have some conversations with people via Voxer. Or do, you know, a low key open up, you know, your calendar for a quick Q&A on Zoom where people can come in and just talk to you and ask questions that they might have about your your offer or your service. You do not have to do a five day webinar series and a month of multiple day social media posts where every single post is um, unique and different because mm-hmm. guess what? Nobody saw them all. So you can rerun them. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't need to send you know seven emails a day for three weeks. You need to ask yourself, what is my capacity? And then underestimate that because we all overestimate our future capacity. And guess what? <laughs> it's, it's what you have currently right now or less probably. Yeah. So keep that in mind. Ask yourself, what are the essential things that have to happen in order for this to work? like how are people going to pay for it is one. So find those essential things, make sure you have those well-planned and taken care of and everything else on top of that, do what it feels good and what feels good. So mm-hmm. take care of the essentials and then just do what feels good after that.
0: Okay. I love the idea of like actually talking to people. Cause I think we forget <laughs> that we're like when we're in launch mode and like Prepping And even like you were talking about sharing stuff along the way, I think a lot of people tend to, myself included sometimes, like keep it a secret till it's ready. So that's a good one to get the feedback. And I just love the idea of voxering or having like a Q&A because sometimes I get stressed out about trying to think of everything, like coming from a classroom where I would just start teaching and like kids are in there and they can ask questions as they want when I became like online business and tried to create courses, I was putting so much into them because I'm like, what if that's not clear? What if some, cause I wasn't the back and forth and I didn't know who would have a question. So I would try to say everything I could possibly think of because it was like scary to me to put the information out and like, what if someone has a question? So I love the idea of actually talking to people, which is sort of funny that I'm saying. <laughs> like, well, and I think what? with launches,
1: we get so, you know, tied up in you know the revenue that we make and making sure that we're talking to people that we actually forget to talk to people. Mm-hmm. And so to open up to conversations, whether it's in DMs and Voxer on a, a call with Zoom, it reminds you of why you're doing what you're doing and who it is that you're trying to serve, which can get easily lost, especially if you start to focus on those numbers too much and people become numbers rather than human beings. Yeah. Plus, people buy from human beings. Mm -hmm. and if they know you, and they've had a chance to talk to you, they're more invested and more likely to trust you, or they don't know that person is great, but they're not my vibe, or that person is great, but that solution is not the right one. I'll stick around and see what else they come up with down the road.
0: Yeah, it's funny, because we all know that too, that people buy from humans. And so everyone's working so hard to make their content feel human and tell stories and do things. But also, you could just be a human and talk to a human. And that's a really easy shortcut for being a human to a human
1: i just had somebody ask me about the phases of pre-launch to make sure i'm nailing down what are the phases and and i'm like why don't worry about phases don't Mm -hmm. don't worry about phases you're just tripping yourself up in our need to be perfect which a lot of launch issues come from this need to be perfect talk about your your offer like you were explaining it to your best friend, you're sitting down for coffee at a coffee shop or dinner. And she asked, or he asked, what do you got going on right now? Mm-hmm. And you start just, it starts spilling out of you with all the enthusiasm and excitement. And guess what? They're excited. They can't believe it. It's great. Sounds amazing. If you were talking to somebody like in that way, who that offer is for, mm-hmm. imagine how excited they would be to jump in and be a part of that.
0: Yes. Yeah. I always like every time I get start to get really frazzled, I say, okay, this is annoying. What would I just say to XYZ friend? Like, how would I just like voxer this to somebody? And then that is like where I start, because I do feel like you can get in the perfectionism of like, how do I say this correctly, or the most efficiently or blah, 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 you know, what about Okay, this is sort of off topic, maybe I don't know, because now I'm thinking about like these long 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 form sales pages I feel like would you like you might not need that if you're going to actually talk to people <laughs> like I think the long form sales pages sometimes feel like so you don't have to talk to someone but maybe someone doesn't want to talk to you so they're good I, don't I know, think, what do you
1: think I think they're good to have because your audience does consume things in different ways mm-hmm. and to have a long form sales page there are different buying types And some people need all the details in order to feel safe and secure. I like to approach it from this, the perspective of consent based marketing. If you look at what consent means, it means you give them all the information they need to make an enthusiastic. Yes. Some people need a lot of emotional information. So a lot of testimonials, a lot of storytelling. Other people need a lot of the details, like when are the live calls or when is the program starting and ending? Um, and other people are quick decision makers. They're like, my gut says this is good. I'm going for it. <laughs> that's so, me. I'm like, yeah. all
0: we need is the first top of the fold. People yeah. are just going to know. When they come, they're just going to hit that first. Like and I'm a first button clicker. If I'm going to the yep. sales page, I already know. Usually I already know I want to get it if I'm going to the sales page. It's so page, I'm like, yep. why are these things so long? But that's just because it's not my type. I it's get not that. your type. Yep. Yeah.
1: Also, if you're thinking about it. So yes. So on your sales page, have lots of spots where people can go ahead and purchase Mm -hmm. so that they don't have to scroll all the way down to the bottom to one purchase, but two to find the price, put the Mm -hmm. price at the top. Um, The other thing is to consider that some people are going to come to your sales page without ever following you on social media. So for me, I will do that first button purchase. If that's somebody I've been following on social media, and I have probably already gotten a lot of the information on their Instagram posts or their stories, Mm -hmm. but some people are going to land on your sales page somehow or another seo something and they've never followed you on on instagram so they don't know all the things that you've been talking about on instagram or linkedin or wherever it is your email list so they do need all of that information on the sales page
0: yeah 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 you're smart you're smart it's true it's true i'm like oh let's talk about other things i hate long sales writing long sales and reading them to be honest so i'm just like what what are these people doing so it's fine if you're out there and you love a long sales page that's fine you do you I'm going to click the first button I see to get get on with my day. And that's just giving all the options
1: to people because not everybody consumes information the same way. Some people love to listen to stories. I myself have the volume turned down. I think that's from years of watching Instagram stories while I was in the office and not supposed to be. Um, (laughs) So I've trained myself to have it on mute. Uh, But other people are, yeah, people are just like, my gut says, yes, I'm going for it. And other people are like, I need more information to feel safe and secure in making this offer. And one of the trends that they're finding is it's taking people longer to feel safe and secure. Because as you know, people Mm -hmm. have gotten burned by coaching programs or service-based offers or courses in the last couple of years. And they're like, you know, that was hard-earned money and I don't really feel like I got anything out of it or, you know, it was a waste of my time. And so they're needing a little bit more to feel safe and secure in making that purchase.
0: Yeah, that, that definitely makes sense. Um, okay. Well, what about this? How can people tell if, or like, do you set goals or like, how can they tell if their launch was successful? Or I'm sure that looks different for everybody, but like, can we talk about that a little bit? Yes.
1: Let's definitely talk about that because I think people get too caught up in the enrollment numbers Mm -hmm. or the revenue numbers. Yes. Of course, obviously you're running a business, so you need to make money to continue to run run your business. Mm -hmm. So there is that, but also let's, Let's think about your audience that you have. And industry standard is usually one to 2% conversion rate.
0: Yes. When I learned that, I feel like y- you look at your email list and you're like, oh, yeah, if I sell one, <laughs> that's like yes. good. But yes. you think you have a list of, you know, 200 and you're going to sell to 20 people. Eh, your numbers are a little off there. <laughs> oh.
1: Now, it's not like I haven't seen it done, mm-hmm. especially if you're really good about nurturing your audience in your email list. I have clients who have a conversion rate of somewhere between 5 and 8%. Mm -hmm. But they have spent a really long time talking with that audience. They're not new. They've been around for a while. That audience has been around for a while and on their email list for a while. So if you're new and you have a list of 200 and you get one person to sign up, guess what? That's amazing. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. So we have to be realistic about our goals. We can't say we want to have 20 people in our program when it's a brand new program. We've only been around for six months and we have a list of 20 people. But also, let's think about other things. Did you feel burnt out at the end of the launch? Did you give yourself a play day in the middle of your launch? Because I highly recommend everybody take a day off during their launch to just go play or rest. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, did you bring in more people to your email list? So did you grow your email list? Did you, uh, increase your open rate on emails? Mm -hmm. There's all kinds of things. Did you feel supported by your family during the lunch? Because you did a good job of communicating your needs to your families and setting boundaries. Were you okay with the fact that you let laundry go for four days? (laughs) There's all kinds of ways you can look at a launch and say, this was successful. And I think it really comes down to, did I feel good as the CEO in my business launching this product? And did I support and care for myself during that process? That is far more important than the revenue numbers, because if you didn't take care of yourself during the launch and now you have to deliver on a service or a product, you're burnt out and you may be resentful of the people who purchase because now you hate the thing because you hated your launch. (laughs) So it's much better to go into it with, I took care of myself and I have three people as opposed to I'm burnt out and I hate all things and now I have to serve 25 people.
0: Yeah. Well, and or you burnt yourself out and you, quote unquote, only got three people and then you're like mad at those people or you feel like, well, this is a waste of time. Mm-hmm. I think it's interesting. Nobody talks about those numbers very often. Also, the realistic numbers, because mm-hmm. a lot of the, you know, messages out there are like, just start a course, just start a membership and boom, bada bing, bada boom, you're rich and it'll be so easy, like a passive blah, 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 blah. and you just think, OK, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. Um. Well, and like-
1: pass- passive yeah. actually means you are launching all the time mm-hmm. because you can't stop talk- talking about your passive offer. You have yeah. to talk about it all the time and you're constantly having to build a new audience because I was just talking to somebody about, you know, the post-it note you put on your mirror with the affirmation of like, I am whatever. Yeah. After about three weeks, do you even notice the the post-it note anymore? Nope. So if you keep talking about the same offer over and over and over again, eventually your your people in your audience are it's just going to tune tune out. So mm-hmm. you have to constantly be talking about new offers or new things. You know, mm-hmm. you can just stop talking about your offers for a while, or you need to constantly be bringing in new audiences. And that's especially true if you have a passive product.
0: Yeah. And, yeah, it's just like, which are you going to pick? Like, none of it. I mean, I feel like people just act like you're just going to do something magical and a bunch of money is just going to, like, fall in your lap, which would obviously be amazing. Uh, Sign me up for that. But, yeah, either you have to, like, market more or, like, it's going to somewhere you got to do something. Like, you Mm got to, I don't know, you got to work for your money. Sorry, everybody. (laughs) Not saying like burn yourself out for your money, but like you're going to have to do something. Yeah. You can't
1: just put something up on a website. Okay. Back in the, you know, early 2000s, you could put something up on a website and people would roll in, but Mm -hmm. that is not the case anymore. You know, and a lot of the people that we follow, the big names that are like, here, just create a passive. They started way back then. And that was true. Like you could Mm -hmm. have a course on Facebook ads because you were the only person. Mm-hmm. With a course on Facebook ads. Yeah. And so everybody was going to purchase from you. And then the other numbers that don't get talked about enough is how much it costs those people to run their launches. I had a hundred, a hundred K launch, but it cost me 90 K. Nobody <laughs> talks about how much it costs them to run the
0: launch. I know it. I always talk about shark tank. I love shark tank. And when there are people come in and they're like, we sold a million dollars worth of socks or whatever. And the sharks all like sit up and they're like, so excited. And then they're like, start talking about, you know, cost of goods, customer acquisition, da, 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 And it's like, oh yeah, we're not profitable yet. And it's like, and then they're all like, okay, well, your evaluation is ridiculous. But you know, I always think about it because I feel like to their friends and family, people are probably like, oh my God, they're doing so good. Like they sold a million dollars, da, 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 da. And it's like, they're not even paying themselves sometimes in Shark Tank. Yeah. So I always think about that because I'm just over here, little, little me, like making some money for myself. But I always think I'm like, I'm making more than those like million dollar businesses on Shark who maybe in the long run that they have a plan. They might do something. But for now, I'm in the green, which I'm pretty excited about. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting. Yes, mm-hmm. that is a thing that people don't talk about. Um, what was I gonna say too? Burning out. Burning out on lunches. Okay. Also, I wanted to go back to something you said about the people who have like five, maybe five to eight percent conversion rate. Mm-hmm. And that they've been doing it a lot. And so that means that when you have one, that's maybe even like a 0%. Like maybe nobody buys it. And that's like happened to everyone. I mean, maybe not to everyone, but I'm sure there's people listening who it's happened to. I'm sure it's happened to me. I feel like I must have shaken it off. because, Well, honestly, I have not really launched that much because I'm just like, oh, I hate it. So I just kind of keep everything open. So I don't really officially... I've never had anything that bombed because it's just still open. (laughs) So it might have taken a while to get that first person, but it wasn't like the cart's closed and I'm like crying in a bowl of ice cream. So the point is, too, that you have to keep doing it. So that's why I think what you're talking about is so important that if you don't hate it when you're done, you'll do it again. And if you approach it in this way, you can keep practicing just like anything else.
1: Launches have four phases in my book. There is the strategy and the clarity stage. That's where you're getting really clear on what your offer is and who you're serving, et cetera, and how you're gonna, you know, talk to everybody and the plan behind it. Then you have your connecting and your nurturing. So that's you're building your audience, telling them about your offer, telling them about you as a person. And then there's that conversion phase, and that's what a lot of people call a lot a launch. But for me, it's it's a much bigger. So mm-hmm. the conversion is when you have your cart open or it's available to purchase. And then the last phase is evaluation. And this is where a lot of people just are like, launch is done. I'm going about my business. What mm-hmm. you need to do is stop and do an objective evaluation of your launch, because then you learn what went well and why, what didn't go well and why, and the lessons that you learned. And if you can take those things and build your next launch, your next launch will be easier. It'll probably bring in more numbers. Um everything will just feel a little bit smoother the next time around because you'll know what didn't work. So you won't do it again.
0: Mm -hmm. You'll take your
1: lessons and be like, you know, I really love this, but what if I blew that up a bit more?
0: Mm -hmm. And I took
1: this other thing out to make space for that thing that I really enjoyed doing. So taking some time, even if it's just a couple of hours, a couple of days after your launch, give yourself some emotional distance from it for a couple of days and then sit down and, and ask yourself, you know, what went well with this launch? What didn't? What lessons did I learn? And what do I need to do so I can do this again? Because if there's anything you need to know about entrepreneurship, it's that you're going to quote unquote fail. But failing is just learning. Mm-hmm. And you just, if you don't take the lessons with you, you're going to continuously make the same mistakes over and over again.
0: Yeah. That's another thing I feel like our brains know. We're like, yeah, yeah. Failure is totally learning. But also I never want to fail. I <laughs> never. For me. That's back, to thing. The, back to that perfectionism <laughs> that gets in all of our way. <laughs> yes. Okay. This has been awesome. And this is something you can help people do, right? So tell yes. people a little bit more about how you work with people and how you sort of support them during launches.
1: So for the people who are doing their like their first or second launch, I have what I call my launch consulting calls. These are an hour long Zoom call where we get really specific about one or two areas of your launch and we solve for that problem so that you can go into your launch feeling a little bit more sure and clear. If you are in like launch three or four, you've been throwing spaghetti at the wall, but you have a good idea now of like what you like about your launches and what you don't like. I have a VIP day where we sit down and we spend the morning getting really clear on who you are as a person and what your values are. So we can apply all of that to create your custom launch plan for up to a year or we get really fine-tuned on one particular launch. So we can kind of do like a bird's-eye view or or fine-tune things. But we're applying everything we know about you. So whether that's your human design, your disc, your Myers-Briggs, your Hogwarts house, whatever mm-hmm. it is about you that you really feel connected to, we take that and we use it to create your bespoke launch plan.
0: Awesome. Okay, well, that's good. I do feel like I feel like you you won. I feel like I'm leaving being like, Okay, okay, launching isn't that bad. Um, I can't think right now of, like, I'm not that prepared of when your episode, when this episode's coming out. But I am launching, launching, I'm putting it in air quotes, my membership again. Like, I'm going to get on a, like, quarterly plan of, like, mm-hmm. beginning of each quarter, my membership opens. Because I, like, open and close for me mentally to just, like, put it away for a little while. So I don't, like the cart open actually because I feel very vulnerable it feels like you ask somebody the prom and you're like waiting to see if they're gonna text you back or call you back or whatever I mean I grew up yeah. in the 90s so I'm waiting by the phone to see if they're gonna call me back there um, was no no prom proposals back then <laughs> no problem, but, uh, but no yeah. texting no social media yeah. but yeah. yeah I feel very like ah is anyone gonna get this so um I don't know I'm thinking of like lots of talking about it before it happens on a very small cart open because I hate I, it puts me on edge like I feel like the days that my cart is open are not my favorite so I think I'm thinking of like going with my gut and being like let them know it's coming let them know it's ready you know cart the open. longer you
1: have the cart open the thing you need to remember is that you have early adopters and late adopters and you have nothing in the middle okay so it's tumbleweeds, like mm-hmm. for however long you decide to have your cart open. So if you have your cart open for a month and you have a whole bunch of people who buy in the first three days and then people who are waiting to the last three days. How many days are you now sitting around letting your brain just be a dick to you yes. and <laughs> like you, tell you all the ways that you suck and your product sucks? Mm-hmm. Whereas if you do like five days. hmm. That middle, you can be like, I'm just going to go get margaritas with my best friend and pretend it's not happening.
0: Well, that's what I was going to say. That's your play thing in the middle. And I love that. Um, yep. And I've tried to do that, but I, I'm still like a little on edge, but I probably didn't drink enough margaritas. So that's probably why. <laughs> it takes <laughs> so a lot of margaritas sometimes. <laughs> get it, to get me out of that. But, um, oh my gosh, this has been awesome. Obviously, I love the idea of people building their launches around however they feel. Like what what, you know, their own way. I love that. So thank you, Jackie, for being on today. This was awesome. Thank you for having me today. All right. I don't know why I sang you out. I was like, this was (laughs) awesome. All right. We'll talk later. All right. Bye-bye. Okay. So Jackie was able to make me reconsider what I think about launches. And now I kind of feel like I'm ready to get to work thinking about what I like, what I don't like, and what I could have the capacity for when I launch my membership again. How about you? Are you thinking that maybe they aren't as bad as we thought? I don't know. Maybe you didn't hate them at all. Maybe you're in the tiny percentage of people who love launching. Hit me up over on Instagram at the D and the Seymour and we can chat about it or complain about it. (laughs) Whatever. And feel free to reach out to Jackie over there too. She's at Jackie Hayes underscore OBM. All right. I'll see you next time.